The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G Cobb and Micah Warren. What's happening, everybody? This is Micah Warren on G Cobb in the House. Uh, our buddy G should be joining us shortly. Um, but yeah, a lot going on uh, with the Eagles uh, and. Boy, you know, we talked, uh, and I talked to G last week, and we looked at this Saints game and what's going to happen. And, you know, you're coming off the big win to Carolina, which really got out of hand pretty quick. I mean, that was, that was just a stomping. And so you didn't really know what to expect. Yeah, the Saints thrashed the Lions, but we all know that the Lions, so what's that mean? So you, and, and it's so early in the season, nobody knows. I mean, I think the biggest two mistakes you can make in, in assessing any team is in week one and in week two. In week one, you don't know how good this team is versus how bad the other team was. And then we think we know headed into week two, and we really don't. So we really had no idea what to expect. Uh, Kevin Cobb, obviously, is starting. Uh, he started the game against the Saints, no Donovan. And you really didn't know what you were going to get out of him because and this is his first start, but you know we had seen Kevin Cobb before, and, <laughs> yeah, he's done things on the field, but they weren't good things. So no one really knew what was going to happen, especially when he got the, um, we got the week of preparation with the one. So... You know, they come out, so what's the first thing they do is they have the Saints march down the field and go up 7 to nothing. That's the same exact thing they did against Carolina the week before. That's an issue right there. I mean, you know, to find me a team or player or anything all week that doesn't, doesn't say, we've got to start fast, we've got to start fast. Well, the Eagles haven't done that at all. You know, you come down, now you're down 7 nothing. That's, you know, you've already got yourself in a little bit of a bind. But I've got to say, i got to say I was, I was impressed with Cobb he comes back and he finds Deshaun Jackson for a 71-yard touchdown or something like that. You know, that's pretty impressive. His first uh, career touchdown, especially, you know, I think before that, he had thrown touchdowns, but they were to the other team, and they don't really count that. So, uh, yeah, he had thrown like seven picks to no touchdowns. So for him to come in and get that, so you think, all right, now it's 7-7, maybe trade some field goals, trade some punts. At 10-10, the Eagles defense found a way. You know, they get put in a bad position. And sure enough, boy, if Drew Brees isn't the best quarterback in football right now, that's no disrespect to Peyton. Obviously, Brady is not playing his best. He'd be the first one to tell you that. Um, he's a little scattershot right now. You can really make the argument that Brees is the best in the business right now. And what the Eagles did too often was you give him a short field. I mean, that's a killer. He'll hurt you. Drew Brees will hurt you bad. And he did. Sure enough, with the two plays, he <laughs> finds... Uh, one to the one to Bush, then one to Colston, and all of a sudden, boom! There you go, seventeen ten. How you like that? You know, and, and Cobb, I give him credit. You know, he had to run the, uh, the two minute drill offense to end the half. So, granted, they do tend to uh, defenses tend to lay off, and 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 the Saints. I don't think anyone thinks the Saints have one of the better defenses in the league. That's for sure. They may be better than last year, but you know, I don't care. I mean, 
better than garbage. It's still garbage. So, uh, you know, I give Cobb credit. He went down and um, he got the field goal, 17-13. So, you know, if you're an Eagles fan, you're kind of watching and thinking, all right, well, you know. Uh, Gee, is that you? No, we're just getting random (laughs) voices here. I'll be right back. I got to make this call in. Okay. All right. Hello? Yeah. Gee, are you with me? Yeah. uh, What's that? Uh, I just, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you, yeah. You okay. Me? Well, we were just going through the Eagles game, and we just got to the point where Ellis Hobbs is about to return the kick. So, okay. uh, you know, I was just talking about, the, you know, Cobb. Who, hey, look, and G, you and I talked about this before. Overall, you say, well, we still need to see a lot, and that's true. He did a pretty satisfactory job in that first half. They're only down four. Uh, they're, in, they're, they're down four, and they're going to receive the ball. Eagles are in a good position at that point in the game. It just so happens the next t- two times they touch the ball, you know, Ellis Hobbs fumbles, Breeze puts the screws to him and makes sure he gets a touchdown. Then Cobb throws the killer pick to Shanley uh, on the 20-yard line. So that's two, two, what, the two series in a row you gave Breeze a total of about 40 yards to go. Well, well you know, two touchdowns, you're done. Well, you know, that, that's what it was. It, it really was a matter of bad field position, you know. It was a matter of bad field position, and uh, they, they just, uh, you know, uh, played the chessboard. Because so, really, when you look at a game, you know, field position is important. Because if you've got to drive 40 yards for a touchdown is one thing. If you've got to drive 80, it's a different thing. And especially when you've got a, 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 such an explosive offense as the Saints, if you give them a short field, you might as well put a gun to your head. I mean, and that's what the <laughs> Eagles did. Uh, and, you know, and they did it. Uh, they played well. They're in the game in the first half, but the second half was a clear way to lose. And and the thing that I'm concerned about is that everybody just said, "Oh, it's no big deal." You know, it's no big deal that you know. Uh, I thought Kevin Cobb played well, but well, every game comes down to a point where you can't make a mistake. And yeah. the thing is, he's got to learn not to make the mistake. And you know, some people say, well, that's all he's got to learn is not to make a mistake. Well, that's the difference between A.J. Feely. Uh, <laughs> you, I, mean, I mean, look, you can go through a thousand quarterbacks and you can say the only, only problem they got is they make the, the mistake that kills you. Well, those are guys that aren't in the league. Right. <laughs> and that's the difference between Breeze and Peyton and, and, and Donovan. I mean, gee, nothing, nothing shows more of how important Donovan is to this team when he's, when he's not in there. Because Andy likes to throw it so much, that's all well and good if you want to throw it that much. You can't have a guy turn the ball over. You'll get killed. You'll get absolutely killed doing that. And that's one of the things Donovan does very well is protect the football. Now, we mentioned Kevin Cobb, but, man, when you lose 48-22, to that's not one guy's fault. There was a lot of guys with their fingerprints on this one. Well, you know, the thing about it is uh, they put him in a position where he couldn't afford to make any mistakes. And and that's really what it is because – uh, all the rest of the team was making mistakes. They played, you know, now, you know, the big thing I like to do is look at, well, who did, who did they play last week? They played the Lions. They beat the Lions 45-27, to 27, right? Yeah. And then they lose to the, I mean, then they beat the Eagles 48-22. So what it says is that whole football team stuck up the joint playing that poorly, and, and they got to rebound. And, you know, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Randall Cunningham a little later in the show. We're going to hear from uh, Ray Ellis who's going to be calling in. But, you know, the big thing uh, about it is, you know, these guys have got to rebound. And we've got to remember, this is the first time a lot of these guys have been in that position because you've got 
Quentin Michael, he's there, and he's really in the, in the role. How you guys doing? <laughs> Got a bunch of Eagles fans looking at our listeners. But, <laughs> okay. E-A-G-L-E-S, right? Let, 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 let's hear one of them. That's right. That's right. Uh, a nice, uh, a nice looking young lady saying it too. <laughs> you're, very, you're very welcome. But anyway, anyway, uh, the big thing is that you know uh, Quinn Michael is in the place of Brian Dawkins. You know, got to be right. a leader on defense. Okay. Then you've got Sean uh, McDermott is in the place of Jim Johnson. Got to be the leader on defense. And then of course you got Kevin Cobb really. And he's in uh, Donovan McNabb's role in leading that offense out and not making the big mistake this week. And then that, that's an outside chance. We could be looking at LaShawn McCoy at running back because Brian, Brian Westbrook might not be able to go. So, yeah. you know, it, it's, more, it's more new stuff than we really wanted to see. But these and, gee, you didn't even get into the offensive line. You didn't even mention that. Oh, oh I didn't, I'm not even getting them. Or the fact <laughs> that Kevin Curtis is not out there, and you're going to have uh, Macklin out there starting outside. So a lot of changes. Uh, these guys have got to rebound. Uh, they've got to step in and, and do the job. Uh, the reason being is they're taking over for a team that for an entire decade always answered now, maybe they didn't, they didn't win any Super Bowls, but, you know, during the season when they were challenged and they were up against the wall, that team showed up year in and year out for an entire decade. They showed up, and we're going to see whether this group is able to show up because they're not even playing a good football team, and they're playing at home. So they should wipe the mat with these guys. And we'll find out about some of these people that uh, we, we brought in here. No, I agree. And, and you know, gee, for all the, uh, the negatives we talk about Andy Reid, and there are things, you know, everybody's got their strengths and weaknesses. One of his major, major strengths has been to keep the ship afloat, to right the ship when it's gone bad. When, when he has bad losses, I don't want to be the team that plays them next. Yeah. Uh, coming off the bye, I don't want to be the team that plays the Eagles coming off a bye. Andy, yeah. he's, he's, the guy, he's the man with the plan. He's got, you know, he's got the big overall picture, and he does it very well. So, you have to think that even though, like you said, I mean, we got a bunch of guys out there that, hey, hey thank God that maybe they did a decent job drafting. What if LaShawn McCoy couldn't play? Yeah. <laughs> what if Macklin was a total stiff? Now, if, now, I, you know, I got to break in here. I got to break in here. I'm going to call you back. I'm in here. I'm out here doing, the, uh, doing a, uh, an appearance, uh, Eagles appearance, and I've got uh, Akeem Jordan coming in, so I'm going to try to get him on the phone with you, too. Uh, okay. Like said, we're going to. We're going to be hearing later on from uh, Ray Ellis talk about the Eagles. You know that, and, and, and Micah, you got to talk about, uh, uh, you know, Randall Cunningham going into uh, the Wall of Fame for the Birds, uh, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever played for the Eagles, and we got to talk about him. So uh, I'll be back with you a little later. All right, we'll talk to you in a bit, Chief. Uh, that's our buddy G. Cobb coming in now. He's out on the scene doing Eagles appearances. He's a popular guy. Uh, they leave me in the studio here. I'm not allowed out. But, uh, yeah, Jay, G made some great points. And if you look at – Look at some of the guys starting. As opposed to McNabb, let's say Curtis, you know, Westbrook, it's Cobb, Macklin, LaShawn McCoy is probably going to get a lot of playing time. I can't get into what they tell me about Westbrook. Don't give me this, the swelling's down, and, oh, he looked good today. He was able to crawl, walk, whatever it is. Westbrook, I don't want to use this. If I, I'll be the first to say he's probably toast. I hate to say that. He's only 30 years old, but 30 years old is old for a running back. He has taken a beating. He has taken an absolute beating over his career, and now it's like you get older. His, his knees are bad. He had surgery on his ankle, and now he's got a high ankle sprain in that same ankle, and now it's swelling. Now, it, it, 
it's kind of like when we used to watch Iverson play. He said, well, was, as soon as his speed goes, he's done. He's a speed guy. Westbrook's strength is his speed and quickness. It's just plain and simple. Yeah, he can run between the tackles a little bit. He does a good job picking up the blitz. Obviously, he's an excellent receiver, but he's a speed guy, first and foremost. And when that goes, you know, he might as well be me out there. And I don't mean that as a compliment to Westbrook. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of new faces. And, you know, you got to hope. It looks like McCoy can play, and that's a good thing. We're going to find out a lot about Macklin this week, uh, which we can talk about a little bit more about uh, after the break. But Macklin is out there, and he's probably going to start instead of Curtis. You got to wonder, would you start Reggie Brown over him? Would you do it? He's got the starting experience on the outside. He hasn't been uh, active uh, for quite some time, but he can. That's one of the things he can do. He can be your number two guy and go out there and start. But we'll get back to that in a little bit. We're going to come right back after the break. This is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. If you're not facing your mortgage issues, this can be the most terrifying sound in the world. It means you've fallen behind. It means hope is dwindling. It means you're another call closer to losing your home to foreclosure. Fortunately, there's hope. If you need real help and guidance, call 1-888-995-HOPE. That's 1-888-995-4673. Because nothing is worse than doing nothing. A public service announcement brought to you by NeighborWorks, the Ad Council, and this station. The Owen Hodge Show. Are you ready for some football? Well, here it comes. The Owen Hodge Show is bringing you the funniest hour in sports talk radio. This action-packed show is hosted by the outspoken fullback, Big Hodge, and the knowledgeable defensive back, Odie. This show will focus on the NFL, but touch on all things sports. Owen Hodge will provide you with a true player's perspective. That'll give you insight, make you think, and definitely make you laugh. Owen Hodge have accumulated six championship rings, so obviously they know things. Check out the Owen Hodge Show at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. The Owen Hodge Show. The following commercial is sponsored by FeedThePig.org, an organization devoted to helping you save money. We will not entice you with messages like Lowest prices in town. Dealer approved, certified pre-owned. No obligation consultation. Nor will we brag about our Huge selection. Enormous variety. One-stop shopping. Everything under one roof. Or promise. Prices reduced up to 75%. A sale like this can't go on forever. Factory liquidation. Financing options available. We will offer no contingencies like See store for details. Prices and participation may vary. Legal exclusions apply. No purchase necessary. Or try to convince you that our product will give you cleaner, tighter abs in minutes. Perfect smile. Porcelain veneers. Freedom from those painful, embarrassing bunions. Because we simply want to help you spend smarter and save better. Log on to FeedThePig.org. Find the benefits of saving for every stage of life. Brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. 
your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. If you want to get in on the conversation, call in now. It's toll-free, 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. What's up, everybody? We're back here on GCOB in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Uh, I'm Michael Warren. G will be in and out with us. Uh, but right now, I'm, I'm very happy to say we got my buddy Ray Ellis on the line with us. Uh, Ray, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful there. How you doing, Micah? Uh, I can't complain. I can't complain. We just saw that um, you know, Randall Cunningham, longtime Philadelphia Eagle, former teammate of yours, is going to be brought into the ring of honor uh, and honored by the Eagles. Certainly one of the greatest. Uh, Eagles quarterbacks of all time, depending on your age level, you might consider him the best because, for me, I remember what it's like to be 12 years old watching him every Sunday. You know, it, it makes the losses a lot easier to deal with when you just get the pleasure of watching him. I, I bet Detroit feels the same way about Barry Sanders. Now, you were there. You were with the Eagles when, when Randall came in, and uh, we had kind of talked about this before. Obviously, the big talk now in the NFL is the Wildcat and how different people are using him, and specifically with the Eagles, with Michael Vick. But Randall was the original Wildcat guy. Because Jaworski was the starter that year, but third and fifteen, what they do? They do Randall in it. <laughs> you know that's, uh, and you know it's interesting because I remember when uh, Randall was actually drafted, and there was not a hoopla about the fact that we had just drafted this this nonchalant athlete who came in with a jerry curl back in uh you know 1985 of which i remember that i, I don't know if randall will remember that you know i got uh, his football Ma- michael jackson it. days again you know randall was randall was a, a, a quiet character he, he came into uh, a locker room i mean from a football family i mean sam bank Sam Bam Cunningham is his brother, mm-hmm. you know, and so Randall came into Philadelphia with, for some reason or another, not a lot of uh, fanfare. You know, he, uh, Michael Haddix, I think, was the first round draft pick. Uh, he was eighty three. Was Michael was was Michael first? He, uh, he was an eighty three. Kevin Allen was eighty four and eighty five. I'm sorry. Was... So 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 was Kenny eighty five? No, Kevin. I'm sorry. Kevin Allen was 85. The Kevin Allen was 85. There you go. Kevin Allen, and, and, and which was you know one of the biggest. Bust biggest mistakes ever, you know, of of any draft pick of any oh, yeah. draft for any team. Uh, but Randall came in, and 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 we've got this guy who was so tall, so lanky, nonchalant, and we would go to practice, and you never really got a chance to see Randall's true abilities because, um, you know, I heard G early, you know, talk about Kevin, uh, you know, Cobb and, and taking care of the ball. Randall Cunningham did not throw interceptions. Everybody, we would be so upset with. Randall in practice because Randall would tuck it, and when he would tuck it and run with it, he never showed you his running ability. He was just like this guy who had, you know, his give you a shake here, give you a shake there, but never at full speed, just really nonchalant about it. Mm-hmm. We saw 
a, a real true Superman. I mean, uh, again, I understand that there's a Superman in Philadelphia now who has said that he may return. We don't know if he's going to return this weekend or, you know, uh, actually step on the field or not. But Mike has said, uh, you know, hey, Superman uh, may not be completely back, but he's back. Randall Cunningham truly was Superman because he has such a Clark Kent personality in practice. And then when you saw him in the game, it's like, who in the hell? I'm, let me say how much of a Randall Cunningham fan I am. I am sitting in Phoenix, Arizona right now with a poster of Randall Cunningham on my wall. You know, I have a couple of the greatest dolls you can ever buy, those Wheaties things. One of, one of the great ones that I have, and his is not a Wheatie, but I, I have a statue, of, of Randall, a miniature statue of Randall Cunningham. Randall Cunningham is one of my all-time favorite quarterbacks. I mean, you would get your money's worth. You would be entertained if you went to a pro football game and you saw Randall Cunningham play. So I can't be there this weekend. It's alumni weekend. There's also uh, at Ohio State University, the Ohio State University, they're celebrating a 30-year anniversary from a a team that I was on that was undefeated that lost the national championship to USC 17-16. But my pride is I have a a young man who, who was playing football, my son, of which I'm going to, I'm going to support him. But in my heart, I am there supporting Randall Cunningham, a teammate, a friend, and, 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 a, and a great man, and I'm just so happy for him. Yeah, uh, we all are, because if you watched him play, you really, and you know, you know exactly what you're trying to say when you watched him play every day. When you went to the ballpark and you got to watch him, uh, he was a human highlight, really. He really was. He was doing things that we just hadn't seen before. Uh, there had been guys that could run around, Tarkington and Zorn. There's guys that could run that couldn't run like Randall. They couldn't run and they couldn't throw like Randall, too. He had an absolute cannon. And I don't know about you, Ray, especially running to either side, especially to his left for whatever reason, he threw the deep ball better on the run than anyone I've ever seen. Yeah, and, that, and, that's, and you, you said it. I mean, Randall Cunningham, could, he truly was a human highlight film. He could do everything. I mean, when Randall threw the ball, when it left his arm, I mean, it got there so fast. I mean, it, was, it wasn't... Uh, you know, much time for somebody to react. They talk about recovery speed. Uh, you know, Randall's ball, he could, very few receivers could out, you know, outrun his arm strength. Uh, so he wasn't going to underthrow you. And if it was an out route, I mean, the money route in the NFL will always be, you've got to be able to throw that comeback. If you can't throw that comeback, that out route, you, you can't quarterback in this league. Randall right. could throw it on a laser. I mean, it was just, uh, you know, the, I have no criticism of Randall Cunningham as a quarterback, period. I mean, I just, I, I like the way the man played. Uh, as, as we talked about earlier, you would not leave the game until it was over with because you wanted to see what Randall might do. We don't even want to talk about the Giant game, which we all remember that night uh, yeah. on Monday night, you know. But uh, but I remember, again, that Randall Cunningham was on that team, Ron Jaworski, Joe Pissarsi. You know, the Eagles got three Pro Bowl quarterbacks on their team now. Uh, there were, I don't know if Joe made the Pro Bowl, but there were three very good quarterbacks on that team back then. And uh, and all of them did well when they got their chance to play. So to, today we're faced with what are the Eagles going to do at their quarterback situation. Yeah, and uh, you know, and, and you mentioned the, the criticisms of Randall. And I'm thinking, and the only thing I can think of, and it's not a criticism of him, it's actually something that wasn't fair to him. He never really had. I mean, you look at Andy Reid's offensive system right now. Everything is structured. I mean, to a T. Buddy said, "Go make five plays a game, and we'll win." You could, you can't do that in the NFL these days. And that Randall really never had that. He didn't have somebody, you know, uh, somebody putting in an offensive system. So this is how we're going to do it. They basically said. Just go, go make some plays. 
the fact that he was able to is a, is a testament to how good he really was. I mean, he was doing things that people you shouldn't have been able to do, considering, I, I think, the lack of offensive coaching that he had. And yeah, Randall was from a generation where there really was, well, you know, everybody was looking for the true pocket quarterback. And, and you know, you have to go back to some guys, be, you know, way before Randall's days to see a, a quarterback that came anything close to showing the mobility that he had. And that, that's Fran Tarkenton, who was one of the greatest who ever played the game. Right. Uh, but, but Randall was one of those guys back there, you know, by himself. He was in a, in a generation by himself where he actually was running around for his life, but he created plays with his feet. But Randall also, he was one of those guys that he didn't just run the ball. He bought time, and he kept his eyes down the field, and he was scrambling to throw. He wasn't always scrambling to run. Sometimes he would take it off, tuck it, and, and go. But Randall would actually buy time and make huge plays. I mean, we all remember that long play to Fred Barnett that he threw. I mean, he did that yeah. with his legs, you know. Bought right. some time, you know, uh, avoided the, the sack and threw a long bomb to Fred Barnett. So, uh, no, Randall was a guy that, yeah, if, if more time was given and the focus was, on a uh, you know on the offensive side of the ball, as much as uh, attention was given to the defense, and believe me, that was a great defense that uh, the that the Eagles were able to assemble. A buddy put together great defense, and, and Marion Campbell uh, has to be the one given the credit for the foundation of that. Of course, the great Reggie White and uh, and Wes Hopkins and Andre Waters, you know, were already there. He inherited those players, uh, but that that was a great team. That uh, let's say a good team. We we can't throw the wrong word out there about great because they didn't get a chance to win the Super Bowl. Uh, they had some very good, they had some great players. Reggie White, probably one of the greatest to ever play the game. And yeah. Randall, I'm going to be one of the, I'm not going to say I'm the first, but there have been others who have mentioned Randall Cunningham's name and Hall of Fame in the same sentence, and I want to be one of those. I've I played the game. I've I played against some of the greatest, Dan Marino, Warren Moon, uh, Dan Faust, uh, Joe Montana, you know, Hall of Fame quarterbacks. R Randall Cunningham deserves to be there as well. Yeah, right. And, and his, his passing yards totals are right smack up next. To, I think he's just south of 30,000, which is a lot, it's a lot of passing yards. But, you, you know, this isn't baseball. We can't just look and say, well, he had such and such home runs. He hit this for – this is football. It, it's a lot different than that. And you have to look at what he did at a time when no one else was doing that. Now, sure, you got your Mike Vick and your Donovan McNabb and you had Steve McNair. It, Randall was doing those things when that's like you said. It was a pocket passing league. You didn't do that. And you, you have to wonder what would happen if they did have a pure pocket passer because when you talk about him scrambling to find, to find people downfield, his offensive line was brutal. I want to ask you a question, Micah, and I, I know you were a fan then. Okay. You may or may not remember, but uh, they, they, maybe it'll be a question but a statement at the same time. A question is, can you think of one all-pro offensive lineman that Randall Cunningham played behind? No, definitely not all-pro. I mean, pro bowl as an alternate because a bunch of guys didn't want to go would be a stretch. See? <laughs> and so that tells, you how good he really, that tells you how good he really was. The fact that he didn't have not one time. I don't think that one of the offensive linemen went to the Pro Bowl when Randall no. played. I don't think no. so. Like I said, not unless four guys ahead of them decided not to go. <laughs> yeah, so that just, that just gives you, uh, you know, some indication of what he did. And not only that, I, 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 and, and just to prove how good he was, I think 
Keith Byers may have, but I don't believe he did. Randall went as a quarterback. He probably went two or three times as a quarterback. I don't think a running back went during that same time span. No, it wasn't because Mender Byers turned into more of a uh, guy that could do a lot out of the backfield, fullback or tight end wise. You know, he became valuable in different ways. Anthony Tony, he never had any room to run. And then you had your Thomas Sanders and and uh, Heath Sherman's, and it was kind of just a collection of different guys. Right. Uh, but so I mean, I, I agree with you completely. So now, Ray, are you able to stick around after the break? We got to run the break. Are you able to stick around? Or you have to run. I sure will. I'll stick around for a second. All right, thanks, Ray. Uh, we'll be right back on the other side. VoiceAmericaSports.com with his G Cobb in the house. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports discover the world's only speed training program that guarantees your athletes have their best season ever or your money back no questions asked let's face it the best athletes on any team in any sport are the fastest athletes the team with the most speed is almost always going to be more successful the fact that you're listening to this right now tells me that you know this is true and that your athletes are not as fast as you want them to be but how do you make them faster after all like many coaches maybe you were told that you can't teach speed that an athlete is either born with it or they're not right wrong Arguably the biggest myth in all of sports is that you can't teach speed or coach athletes to new levels of athletic success and performance. The level of success your athletes experience has little to do with running plays or specific ball skills. Instead, it depends entirely on your ability to teach them the one skill required to dominate every sport. Speed. Put Latif Thomas and his team to work for you. Visit CompleteSpeedTraining.com or call toll-free 877-510-3278. That's 877-510-FAST. There has never been a better time to become a videographer in the sport of hunting. And right now you can combine everything you love about hunting with a career in television. And you can learn it at home with Brock Ray's Outdoor Videography School. Hunter and TV personality Brock Ray has put together a course taught by TV professionals. And it all comes to you in a six-DVD home set that lets you learn about this lucrative occupation on your own time. Now, get paid for the hunts you shoot. That's right, when you purchase the home study course and learn our techniques, you can submit your video to us. And if it gets chosen, your segment might appear on our nationally televised Better Built's World of Outdoors. We will pay you for using your video. Call now at 205-625-5480. We invite you to visit our website at OutdoorVideoSchool.com. Start your career in television now. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. 
What's happening, everybody? We are on GCOB in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm your host, Michael Warren. Uh, G has joined us uh, here and there. He's out on the scene, and he will be calling in. Uh, I want to thank my guest, Ray Ellis, uh, former Eagle and Brown, who came on to talk a little running, uh, Randall Cunningham. He had to run to his child's football game, but I want to uh, thank him for coming on. And uh, it was good to talk about Randall um, because you, I really feel bad for, for people. that say I'm 32. I, I really grew up with Randall, um, and, and it's tough. I mean, I, it's great for the kids that grew up with Donovan, but you, you really can't appreciate Donovan truly unless you watched Randall because, you know, as Ray and I were talking about before, he really was doing things that just weren't they, – they weren't allowed in the NFL at that point. And what I mean is, you know, you had a pocket passer. Well, we need this guy to take five steps back, read the defense, hit, hit, hit your guy. Well, Randall, when he first came in, you know, Ray and I touched on this too, uh, we, we talk about the Wildcat offense, and, you know, they, they didn't call it the Wildcat back then. They probably didn't even know what it was. But, you know, this is Buddy Ryan's first year as head coach of the Eagles. He's got an aging Ron Jaworski, who at a time was, was a very good quarterback. Uh, but he was coming toward the end, and uh, they needed to do something offensively because not only was Jaworski getting toward the end, but like we were saying before, the offensive line was awful. And when I say awful, if you're not familiar with, with the mid-late 80s Eagles, I want you to think Houston Texans. That level of bad. And I know they set a record in 85, 86, I believe it was. Uh, was it how many sacks? It was like 72 sacks or something they gave up. I mean, Randall dropped back. Randall was on his back. And it was terrible. And they're asking this guy to run an offensive system. So, so you, got, you already got problems because Jaworski at that point is a statue. Um, and if you, you're going to let people just come through on a jailbreak like that, which is what it was, um, you know, you're going to get killed. And, and the thing, like, like we said before, too, is that the Eagles have no running game whatsoever. Uh, they did invest the first rounder in Haddock in 83. He was never really, never remotely got the job done, so that didn't happen. Uh, Anthony Tony took a lot of the carries uh, for a couple years, and I'm still trying to remember seeing him run and, and not seeing him just disappear into the line. And I, I'm not blaming Anthony Tony for that or any of these guys. There's nowhere to run. And, I mean, if it, it, you could run on first and second down if you want and go ahead. It's going to be third and seven. I almost promise you that. Uh, and, I mean, one or two yards was the max. And so now, you know, if you're Buddy Ryan, you're thinking, well, I got this pretty good defense, which was – you know, very good in 85, probably still hadn't, it still hadn't reached its peak yet of when, when the Eagles were really just absolutely filthy on that side of the ball. And you think, well, i got this guy that can run a little bit. So here it is, third and ten. Now, you, now again, we see this all the time now, Wildcat. Uh, again, now I know that people use it in different formations, and we're going to see it uh, as far as different downs and distances. We're going to see more of it this weekend probably with Vic because this is the first time Vic's been not in jail and the Wildcat's been introduced. Um, so we're going to see something different then. But that's kind of what Randall was. And you think, well, all right, well, we'll put him in shotgun, and if nobody's open, he can run. And it it worked several times. I mean, yeah, it didn't always work, but and this was something different. And he was, you know, like Ray said, you had your Jim, uh, your, uh, your friend Tarkington. There were guys that could run before, but we hadn't seen him run like this. And this kind of almost opened people's eyes to what could be done at the quarterback position. Well, this guy can throw and run. You know, how, how do we use that? So then it made it easier for a Donovan McNabb to come into the league, for a Steve McNair, even though it still wasn't completely accepting by the time McNair got in. It's, it, you know, things do take time. Um, when Donovan comes in, now when Vic comes in, now by 2001, it's like, 
boy, this was preferred. You know, now you, you were seeing all these, you know, the Mel Kuypers and all these draft experts talking about uh, the different quarterbacks coming out of the draft, and now one of the big knocks you hear is, well, this guy can't run. It used to be, well, this guy runs and can't really stand in the pocket. Anymore, you know, if you can't move now, that's a knock on you. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, maybe Randall was born out of necessity, just out of the fact that offensive line was so bad they couldn't run. They had to have – that team had to have somebody that could run uh, because they just they couldn't block anybody. They absolutely could not block anybody. And that kind of brings me back to what G and I were talking about, which is this current Eagles team. I don't know that they can block anybody either. Let's go back to, to right before the draft. Uh, the Eagles had two first-round picks. They sent the 28th overall pick to the Bills for this Jason Peters. He was pretty bad last year, but he was a stud the year before, and it was this, oh, well, he had a bad year. He wasn't happy with his contract, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's not exactly a glowing endorsement of someone, essentially saying that because they were upset, uh, they decided to dog it. <laughs> that's not a, really, not a really great attribute either. So they get this guy with, oh, this is great, because their first um, – the first free agency move was to get uh, Stacey Andrews the right tackle from the Bengals, but they're going to move him, so they're going to move him to right guard. And then his brother, Sean, who's the all-world guard, we're going to make him a tackle. And then that you got, um, obviously, uh, Jamal Jackson still coming back. But, you know, we're just kind of looking forward to Nick Cole lighting the fire under his rear end because after 2006, Jamal Jackson hasn't done a ton to impress me. You know, when he was playing for that contract, boy, when he put up that contract, he was a little stud there in the middle, and he really hasn't been that. So, so you're hoping a guy like Nick Cole can come in, who can play center or guard, can come in and light a fire. He's going to be better. Or if he's not better, Nick Cole's going to take his spot. You know, Harriman's at left guard. He's got more experience over there. And then, uh, of course, you know, Jason Peters on the left side. And I think it was Pete Prisco of CBS Sports, and he was one of many people. that are like, right now, you know, the Eagles have the best offensive line, which, you know, if you follow football, you know, if you, you know it's kind of nonsense because you've got a new guy at left, you got a guy at right tackle who just was a guard for several years, even though he was a tackle back in college at Arkansas. His brother's now playing guard, even though he was playing tackle last year. You know, the center's still there, and you have a left guard who's got several years' experience there, but he used to be a tackle too, whatever. The bottom line is these guys have not played a lick together at all. And offensive line's about continuity. Uh, the Colts have had a, had a very good offensive line for years, and you look and you don't see studs across it when it was, you know, Jeff Saturday, Tarek Glenn. Yeah, these guys aren't all-world. They play together well, though. You look at the New York Giants, who I still think have the best offensive line in football. Chris Snee is probably their best player other than that, uh, on that line. Other than that, you don't see a bunch of guys that are you know, maulers or individual standout guys, but they play well together. It's the continuity. I know where you're going to be when this guy's coming through here, or I have to make this adjustment. They know where you're going to be. So you knew it was going to be a transition period for the Eagles uh, on the offensive line. You didn't think it was going to be this bad. You really didn't think it was going to be this bad because now Sean Andrews is on IR. He's done for the year because he's got back problems and God knows what else. Uh, Stacey Andrews at right guard still can't play because he had ACL surgery. He blew his ACL last year. I think that was in December he had that surgery. So it's a little myopic for them to even think that he was going to be ready for the season. So I don't care what they say, but they're telling you now, well, he's still making sure he's getting, he's getting used to nothing. He's getting used to trying to be healthy. He's not healthy. So now you got Max Gene Gillis filling in for him, who is mm, marginal. You know, he started to play a little better last year before he busted his leg. He's okay. 
You know, Jamal Jackson's still there. Harriman's is out. So now you got Nick Cole over there. These guys have, are, are not only a bunch of backups. Now that they're backups that haven't played together, at least before you had starter caliber, you had starting caliber players. And they haven't played together, but, you know, they'll figure it out. You've got backup guys in there now that haven't played together. And it's showing. The Eagles can't run the ball without the Wildcat. You've got Westbrook, who's banged up, and we talked about this before. Oh, his ankle's swollen. He's this, that. He's, he's borderline toast. Right now, he's borderline toast. It's like when he, he, right now, he's one of those, when you put the bread in the toaster, and you're really hungry, so you're really anxious to eat, and you take it out too soon. It's kind of got a little crisp on it, but it's not really the toast you wanted. That's kind of where he is now. He's not quite toast. He's on his way. Uh, it, you know, running backs just don't last that long. And that's not a knock on Westbrook. He's a phenomenal elite talent, and he's just, you know, he's played a long time. You know, he's, what are you going to do? You know, so they can't run the ball unless they use the Wildcats. And now you got a guy in Deshaun Jackson who weighs about 170 pounds. Well, he's got to be your punt returner, your main wide receiver, and he's your Wildcat running back. Well, now he's got a groin problem, too, because they're going to run him into the ground, too. And all these things start when you have, the offensive line can't play. They can't play. Even watching Jason Peters, he's the guy that's supposed to be elite. He's the guy that is the lockdown stud, possibly the best left tackle in all of football. Guess what? Not the case. Not the case. Peters has been good, but he's still letting guys through. You know, uh, it's just, and it's not that you're not allowed to make mistakes. That's, that's not what I'm saying. When you're paid the money he's paid, and they gave up a first-round pick for him, I think it was a first and a fourth, to get this guy. They, they went out of the way to get this guy in here. That's not really what you thought you were trading for. So, you, you, we look back to April, we say, wow, the Eagles got Deshaun Jackson coming back, great weapon. Westbrook's going to come back healthy. they got this revamped offensive line that is just going to own people. They'll be able to run the ball at will. Donovan's coming back. He's another two years removed from, uh, from being injured. You know, he, he knows the offense better. Oh, they, go, they draft Jeremy Macklin and LaShawn McCoy. More weapons. This is great. But, you know, I'm not even getting into the defensive side of the ball right now. Maybe we get into that at the break. Um, but right now, this, this team on offense, forget the, you know, I don't know how great they, they're going to be when Donovan comes back. Oh, yeah, they'll be better. I promise that. Because Cobb is kind of a, eh. Well, we, we, don't, we don't know really what, what we've got in Cobb, even though I will say, after last week's performance, I will say I'm fine with him as a backup now. And I don't know that I could have said that uh, before last Sunday because every time he came into these games, he was pretty horrible. He was just pretty miserable. But now, and I know G said before about you know, how you're going to be in close games and how you react in those close games is really what the judge of you as a quarterback is, and that's true. I do look at the first half, though. He did hang in there. He made some good plays. He, you know, he took care of the ball. He showed for a half of football that he could play. You know, I, don't, I don't think that's going to get you to the Hall of Fame or even a Pro Bowl alternate or whatever it is, but... He did show at least he can play a little bit. But now what he needs to do is do it for an entire game. And he's going to need to do it for an entire game behind an offensive line that stinks. He's going to need to do it for an entire game with no real running game unless they go to this gadget wildcat stuff, which does get old. You know, second and, second and goal from the four, and you get your running back throwing it. You know, that, that, that kind of stuff's a little hokey. But, uh, look, we'll get back into more Eagles stuff with you. I'm Micah Warren. We are on GCOB in the house on voiceamericasports.com. I'll see you in a minute.
school to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports if you're a fantasy football lover you need to take a few minutes to listen to this commercial even if you're a novice this could be for you butts and butts along with former nfl linebacker sean barber have revolutionized the way you'll play fantasy football that's right suicide fantasy football is now available go to www.suicidefantasyfootball.com for all the details you'll get the hot tips on this new game and find out how to win twenty-five thousand dollars. suicide fantasy football is just like the game you know and love with a little twist there's no draft you select a lineup every week and just about every starter from an nfl team is available to you. The catch is, you only use a player one time each season. Pick Brady to Moss for the first week. Save McNabb and Peterson for the stretch run. You're the GM of your own team and you make the call. Here's your chance to show everyone that you're the smartest fantasy football player week in and week out. There's no lucky draft picks, no waiver wire moves because you're in last place. It's simple. Go to www.suicidefantasyfootball.com and sign up for a league and show everyone who's boss. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move oh, on. I just, and get I just ready think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. Well, what's happening, everybody? This is G. Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Michael Warren. And we're just talking some Eagles. Uh, we had Ray Ellis on earlier. I to thank him for coming on. We had uh, G in here talking some Eagles. We were talking a little Randall Cunningham. You know, if you've got a Randall Cunningham moment you'd like to share with us, give us a shout. 888-346-9144. There certainly were a lot. And, uh, you know, I just put a poll up somewhere. I would love to know what everyone's favorite Randall moment is. And I think the two that stick out, of course, with a guy like Randall, you always say, well, these plays stick out, and then you think of five more later. The uh, 
he ducked under Bruce Smith 1990, and this is back when they had the black shoes on. It was just, you know, well, they didn't win. They didn't win many, you know, a playoff game or anything, but they were still fun to watch every week. Um, you know, on their own five-yard lines at the end of the half, they were getting mopped up by Buffalo. That's the one thing I don't think people remember about that game. But I think they were down a good 24 to nothing. They were getting killed by the Bills. And, uh, you know, Randall Cunningham drops back into the end zone, and Bruce Smith, you know, you're watching it happen. It's like <laughs> you want to go out there and block them yourself. Uh, you know, here comes another two points for the Bills. Just, you know, go ahead and pile on. And this is what the great athletes are able to do. The eyes in the back of the head. You know, I, I know he couldn't see Bruce Smith. Sure as hell, he felt him. And, you know, he absolutely. Ducks at just the right time. Bruce Smith, who's probably had a gazillion sacks in his career, I think more like 200, but um, right over top of him. And, and if that wasn't great enough, he, he runs to his left and fires back across his body. And he hit Barnett, who was a rookie at the time, I guess around the 45 or 50, and, and Barnett, had, of course, had 4-4 speed. Uh, he ran away from two Bills defenders. That was the end of that. They did come back in that game, and they went on to lose. But you know, we were left with that, that Randall memory. And then, of course, the other, and, and almost everybody gets this play wrong. And that's one of the things I kind of like about it. Because we all remember, you know, Randall Monday night against the Giants, and he's rolling out to his right. I guess he was on somewhere between the 10 and 15. Uh, yard line. Oh, do you want me to give you a little <laughs> No, that's okay. Thank you. <laughs> and G back with us. What's happening, G? Hey, how you doing? Um, we're still, you know, Akeem, we got Winston Justice uh, coming up here, too, you know. Those okay. Those got two guys who, uh, first two games have, had, have played pretty well. And, you know, there's not a lot of guys on the team that can say, well, I played well in both games, you know. So, oh, that's for sure. So th- th- those, guys, uh, those guys are on their way up. But, you know, uh, the game on Sunday, uh, I think the big thing that I look at, it, it's, it, it, it could be uh, a game that really tells us a lot about this team as they go ahead because you're going to see a lot of the young guys are going to get the chance to play. And the big question is, you know, whether they're going to show up, whether they're going to play well. And, uh, you know, we're going to see that on the defensive side. Uh, and we're going to see it offensively. And, and the big thing is, you know, they've got to go out. They've got to play good, consistent, sharp football. And the big thing that separates people uh, in the league. People think it's, you know, ability and everything. A lot of times it's the mental makeup of a guy. Yeah. Because if you, if you can be consistent, you might not be a great player, but you can stay in the league. But if you're the kind of guy that makes the killer mistake, and understand it, that's why Quentin Dempse is on the bench. He's not on yeah. the bench because he's not fast enough and because he doesn't, he doesn't tackle well enough, cause, well, even though we don't know about his tackling. But yeah. The reason <laughs> yeah, I don't think he does. But the reason he's on the bench, Micah, it's because yeah. he makes he makes the big mistake. He yeah. he has these these blackouts, and and that's what we're going to see about Kevin Cobb. That's also what we're going to see about Lashawn McCoy. If he gets in there, can't put the ball on the ground. Uh, we're going to see about the Jeremy Macklin. You know, uh, is he going to be able to play consistent football? You know, uh, because we're probably not going to see him as a punt returner. I don't know uh, who they're going to have, but he might get a chance to turn some punts. But you can't you can't be out there making big mistakes, or you don't you don't wind up in the league real long. So that's that's what we'll find out about these guys, and I know you've been talking about that, but I, I got to talk about Randall uh, real quick. Uh, okay. You know, uh, I'll, I'll just put it right uh, bluntly. Randall Cunningham was the greatest football player I ever played with. I mean, from the standpoint, I, I would say, I shouldn't say greatest, I should say the most talented because he could do more things than any football player I ever, I've ever seen. 
The guy could, could have been an all-pro wide receiver, okay? He could have been an all-pro punter, <laughs> okay? The guy could have been an all-pro punt returner. Now, you tell me how many guys you can put in there, a guy that has been an all-pro uh, quarterback who could have been an all-pro punter, who could have been an all-pro punt returner, uh, who has those kind of skills, I think that's pretty amazing, and that's why he's such an exceptional player. Uh, and it's a shame. I don't think that he was utilized uh, fully, uh, and they didn't get all of that he had to offer by putting uh, you know, a complete package with him, like a, you know, a, uh, an offensive line, putting with him a group of wide receivers. But the big thing was the offensive line. Oh, and so, horrible. It, it, it's bad. But, but you, you know, and, uh, and he's going to go into the wing of honor on Sunday, so I had to talk about him a little bit. But, so I, I had to get that in there. No, that's good. Gee, I was just talking about the play again. Let's see if you know. I want to see if you remember this correctly. The play against the Giants, Carl Banks takes his legs out. Who's he hit? Who's he throw the touchdown to? Nobody gets this right. Well, I tell you, he threw the touchdown to Jimmy Giles. Very good. <laughs> Very good. Everybody said Keith Jackson. It was Jimmy Giles. <laughs> no, it was it was it was Jimmy Giles that he hit uh, over there in that corner. Yeah, uh, he, he fired the ball to him, but no, it wasn't it wasn't Keith Jackson. I know Jimmy Giles because I played against Jimmy Giles a bunch of years. You know, uh, right. when he was with Tampa and I was with Detroit. So. Uh, we, we went at it uh, quite a bit, so, so I know. Yeah, Ray and I were talking about Randall. We're just finishing up here. We've got about two minutes left. Now, gee, you remember, and this is what Ray and I were talking about, not only was that line bad, can you think of any running back that was really worth a darn that he had? I mean, Anthony Tony, you know, Keith well, Sherman, Thomas Sanders, you know, well, you know, Stacey. They got, they got Keith Byers, and he really wasn't uh, so much a running back. He was a receiver, you know. So Yeah, he was a tight end fullback. He was, he was an H-back. They really, they really never got a marquee back to play with them. Uh, they never had much of a line. And so, uh, you know, it, it's a shame, like I said, that they didn't put all of the package along with him, with as talented as he was. And you know, that's what they're trying to do, I think, with Michael Vick. They're thinking about, we want to get this guy fundamentally sound. We want to have this guy be able to play with all the pieces there. And I, I think that's what... That's why there's an outside chance Michael Vick could be here a good while. So we'll see. And, you know, and of course, we're going to get a chance to see him. I don't know. That's really what everybody's talking about is talking about Michael Vick nationally and seeing what yeah. he's going to do. And I think he's excited about it. And chances are, you know, he, he, when he gets in there, he's going to do some things that get the fans going, and it'll be exciting. But the key to the game will probably be some other things, even though he probably is going to get the chance to make some plays in the red zone, which, which could make the difference in the game. Yeah, it could, and, and you know, gee, as we, as we close out here, Vic is really getting the opportunity Randall always should have gotten. He's got Andy Reid coming in and saying, no, I'm going to make you into a quarterback. We're going to give you a system. We're going to teach you how to do these things. Randall never had that, and so we'll see what happens with Vic, but, you know, if, if Randall had had that, you know, who knows where his career may have gone. No, we'll never know, but uh, it should be an exciting one, and, of course, we'll be back with you next week. All right, G, thanks for joining me. I will see everybody next week on GCOP in the house. This is VoiceAmericaSports.com. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.